Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Mornings with Pastor Adam on the West Coast Bible Teacher Podcast. Hope you all are doing well on this Wednesday morning. Uh, most of us are, uh, you know, getting back into the swing of things and our busy schedules. And things are going back to normal now for the most part. Holidays are over. Party's over, folks. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Time to go back to normal. Yesterday morning, I uh, dedicated my podcast to those who really want to see progress in their Christian walk, maybe for the first time in their lives. If you really want to see God come in and move, well, first you got to move. I talked about this. And I would indeed encourage you to go back and listen to yesterday's uh, morning show, if you haven't already. But today, I want to talk about the same thing, seeing real supernatural progress in your Christian walk. But, I want to look at it from the standpoint of a person who's already been seeing progress being made in their walk with God. But Satan now is coming in for the, what I'm calling the counterattack. I believe that we should indeed expect a counterattack from the enemy when the Lord starts to do a marvelous work in our lives. And this often will happen when a person starts really seeking the Lord for the first time in their lives. Satan has really had, you know, his grips on you for a long time, right? And so, you better believe that he's going to put up a fight when all of a sudden you want to start moving away from his territory and start to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. There's going to be a counterattack, because that's going to make Satan mad. When I was in high school, I felt the call to pursue full-time ministry upon my, uh, well, my completion of high school. <laughs> and I went ahead and started taking steps to pursue that calling. And I see how that indeed made the enemy mad. <laughs> and boy, were my young adult years difficult. They were full of pain, trial, obstacle. But you see, that was the enemy's counterattack. Now, in a little bit, I'll tell you how to um, under how, how we can respond to and sort of, you know, take that counterattack that Satan brings upon our lives as a result of us following the Lord. But first, let's talk about how there are many people who made the choice to follow Christ. They started the believer's walk. Everything, for the most part, was great. They even started seeing God working in their lives. And they saw fruit being produced as a result. But then things happened. Things started occurring. It was maybe that temptation to go back and hang out with the wrong crowd. And, you know, do the things that you used to do back in the day. Your old friend crowd. Someone reaches out to you one day. Maybe they message you on Instagram. Hey, bro, where have you been, man? Man, you know, miss, miss seeing you, bro. You know, you got to come back and kick it with us one day. You know, we got to have a smoke, man. Let's have a night where, you know, you just come over my pad. You know, we'll have a smoke, have a drink, you know, just like old times. Emily's going to be there, man. Remember her? <laughs> also, Sabina, man. Sabina's going to be there, too. Come on down, bro. We'll have a good time. That's how it sometimes happens, right? <laughs> you get reconnected with someone from high school or college with social media nowadays, it's, it's easy. It's so easy for people to find you. <laughs> and, and you want to be out there. 
you don't want to go completely dark on social media. You know, you, you don't want to make your profile completely private to where no one can request or message you. Because you want to be able to connect with people who you are hanging out with right now in your life. So your profile's up. You know, it's up there. And uh, yeah, you know, you'll have old friends sometimes being able to find you. And they message you. And you might be afraid to turn them down. Maybe, you know, they, they don't know that you've made that change in your heart. They may not know that you've become a Christian now. Or maybe you were already a Christian back in the day when you hung out with them, but they don't know that now you've truly made the choice recently to take your walk with God seriously. And so they don't know that. So they're messaging you. They want to kick it with you just like old times. What are you going to tell them? Oh, well, you know, I, I, I could still go over their house, right? You know, I, I, I can kick it with them. I just won't smoke and drink, you know. All right. But you're still going into a setting where there is temptation. Jesus said, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Cut it off. There's nothing wrong with hanging out with people. Nothing wrong with kicking it with someone. Nothing wrong if, nothing wrong, you know, if you're a guy and you're hanging out with girls, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, at least if you're single, if, if you're married, you, you shouldn't be hanging out with other girls, but hopefully that just goes without saying. <laughs> but even for single people, there are certain settings and certain contexts that we should stay away from, especially if there are things present that could lead to temptation and sin. But you don't really want to express that to your friend who's messaging you. Because you don't want to be looked down upon. You don't want to be judged as a, you know, I don't know, as a Jesus freak, right? For the first time, you're hit with a real test of taking a stand for your faith. There are some Christians who are hit with a counterattack like this from the enemy. But they unfortunately succumb to the temptation. It's too much for them. You know, they, they discover that they really don't want to go through the public ridicule that often comes with taking a stand for the Lord. Now, temptations come in different forms. It's not always the temptation to pursue a pleasure. Oftentimes it is that. Depending upon the situation, sometimes we experience a temptation to, well, lack for, of a better way to put it, to curse God. To become angry at him and to turn our heads from him. This could happen when a tragedy hits us or we start to experience just really difficult situations in our life, you know, trials. It might be as a result of your recent commitment to follow Christ fully from the heart. You know, you begin to experience persecution and rejection from people, friends, family members, or it might just be a random trial that erupts in your life. You know, something unexpected. You recently fully committed your life to God. You started seeing Him work and move in, in mighty ways in your life. Things were great. You were feeling God's peace and joy. And then all of a sudden, a loved one of yours dies unexpectedly. An unexpected trial like that. Or you get diagnosed with a serious illness. 
Or, you know, something like that happens. Some difficult trial just springs up out of, out of nowhere. And you're like, Lord, what happened? You know, we were doing so good, Lord. You were blessing me. I was serving you. I was seeing you work in my life. And now you've allowed this horrible thing to happen. When such difficulties hit us unexpectedly, you see, we have a choice. We can continue to cling to God, or we can turn our face from Him. Many believers, unfortunately, choose the latter option when the storm hits. I want to briefly read right now an excerpt from an article that was written by a gentleman named Michael Bradley. He started what's called BibleKnowledge.com, and he wrote this article many years ago, actually, called Don't Hold Grudges Against God. It's very good what Michael Bradley had to say. He writes in his article, quote, At the time I am writing up this article, I am 56 years of age. Over the years, I have watched how different Christians have handled the heavier types of adversity that have come into their lives. On the one side, you had the Christians who quickly got over the trauma of the event. They chose to stay close to the Lord and not get mad at Him and pull away from Him. They chose to believe that God was going to take care of this trial for them and turn it around and make something good come out of it, even though they had no idea as to how he was going to do that for them. Then you had the others who got so mad at God, they could not get over it. They knew God had the power and ability to stop the trial from coming in on them in the first place, and thus they could not accept the fact that he actually allowed it to hit them. As a result, not only did they choose to get mad at God, but they chose to to continue to stay mad at Him. From there, I watched how grudges would form out against God. At once that deep grudge would form out against God, these people would then start to pull completely away from Him. They would stop going to church. They would no longer pray or talk to God. If you tried to talk to them about God, they wanted no part of the conversation. Then, over a period of years, I saw how God would chase after these people, trying to get them to come back to Him. Jesus has already told us in His Word that a good shepherd will always go after a single sheep that has strayed. But no matter how hard and how heavy God would chase after these people, they still kept turning Him down again and again, as they could never get over that bad and intense grudge they were holding against Him. This is why I have decided to put the word grudge in the title of this article, as this grudge ended up forming out of a severe block, uh, I'm sorry, this grudge ended up forming out a severe block and shield between these people and God. And then over the years, as a result of pulling away from God and ignoring his strivings to try to get them back, many of them lost their good marriages, their good paying jobs. And from there, their mental state just continued to get worse and worse. They became very unhappy and were depressed all the time. And not only were they still mad and furious at God, but they became mad and bitter at the rest of the world as well, including with some of their own close friends and family members. Many of them ended up on antidepressants because they lost all of their joy and zest for living since they pulled away and disconnected from the one person who could give them that joy and zest for living, the Lord himself. I learned that these grudges, if not dealt with and pulled out within a reasonable period of time, could form an actual stronghold 
And what's, and once that stronghold formed out in that person's mind and thinking, that was when they lost all desire to want to draw close to the Lord again. Now, that was by Michael Bradley in the article that he wrote a number of years ago, Don't Hold, grud hold Grudges Against God. And all this reminds me of the parable of the sower, especially that of the seed which was sown on rocky ground, because that seed signified, as Jesus said, someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. You started growing, you see. You started seeing real progress in your Christian walk. But then trouble hits you. Adversity. And you begin to slip away. Often it all depends on how strong of a foundation you already developed in your spiritual walk. When it comes to whether or not you'll be able to withstand the test. The temptation. But remember, I'm, I'm tailoring today's episode towards those who have indeed been making good progress in their walk with the Lord. You've been seeing fruit. You have indeed been developing more of a solid foundation upon God more than ever before. And all of a sudden now, you're being hit with Satan's counterattack. The book of Job is pretty much all about this. Job was a man who had been making a strong effort to honor and seek God. Satan wanted to hinder that, and as his role of the accuser of the brethren, he challenged God to allow Job to be afflicted. Because surely if Job was afflicted and experienced pain, his faith in God would prove to be nothing more than head knowledge. Nothing more than a superficial faith that really had no merit to it. And this is the key right here. If you are all of a sudden experiencing a counterattack, if you've been experiencing victory after victory right now in your walk with God, but now you're facing a counterattack, know that God wants to take this counterattack from the enemy and transform it into another victory on your end. You're not defeated. As bad as your situation might be, Paul said, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. As difficult as the counterattack you're experiencing might be, know that it's not the end, but rather it could be an open door to a new beginning. You're saying, I don't understand. My life was going great. Things were good. I was walking with God. He was teaching things to me. You know, he was using me. I was making so much progress in my Christian walk. <laughs> right. But you know something? God wants you to make even more progress in your Christian walk than you were before. You thought you were doing cool things already. Well, hey, 
God wants to use you for even cooler purposes than he was using you for already. And thus he's allowed this counterattack to envelop in your life because he's going to use it to further refine you even more so that you can indeed complete these greater purposes in his kingdom, greater than that which he was using you for before your trial. That is how God works. It's called the refiner's fire. Satan and his demons view it as an opportunity to throw you out of the faith. God and his angels view it as an opportunity for you to grow in your faith. We actually talked about this a little bit last week. How if you study through the Old Testament, and quite frankly also in the New Testament as well, there were many biblical figures who experienced great trial and difficulty before God used them to accomplish the most incredible things. And God used those trials in their early years to refine them and get them ready for the big leagues. Do you want to go into the big leagues? It's upon your heart, right, to be used by God, to see great progress in your spiritual walk. Well, you got to be willing to go into spiritual boot camp then. <laughs> God allowed Job to be attacked by Satan, but he used Satan's attack against Job to teach him important lessons about his sovereignty and his providence. Job's faith was being refined, and by the end of the trial, Job said within verse 5 of chapter 42, My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. God wants to use the counterattack that you're experiencing right now to refine you and to strengthen you, and to make you even more of a powerful force so that he could use you for even more incredible things in your life. Things that you couldn't have even imagined that he would use you for. He's indeed able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask or think. And so I would encourage you in this. For those of you who are seeing progress in your spiritual walk, but right now you're experiencing counterattack. It might be a temptation to go after a certain pleasure. You know, I, I really want this. You know, I have this opportunity to do something so exciting in my life or in my career, something I've always wanted to do, but you have that conviction. You know, deep down, that's really not the best path for you to go on because it will involve certain things that could pull you away from the faith and from living a godly Christian life. And then that's the counterattack that Satan's using to sort of throw you off because he knows you've been making progress in your spiritual walk. Well, that's a test. God is using that counterattack as a test. He's testing your faith to see if you can overcome the temptation. And again, that's all part of the refiner's fire. He's, he's growing you. He's strengthening you so that he can continue to use you. And that's how we have to view counterattacks. We can't let them discourage us to where they completely turn us away. But rather we allow the Lord to use them to make us more into the person he wants us to be. 
So this has been Mornings with Pastor Adam, everyone, on the West Coast Bible Teacher Podcast. I would encourage you to share this podcast with someone who you think will be blessed by it. I also would encourage you to leave a positive review for me. Give me five stars on whatever podcast directory you access this podcast on. And also check out my website, westcoastbibleteacher.com. And pray for this ministry. Very important. If anything, that's the most important thing that you could do for this ministry. Pray for it. Pray for this podcast that we're able to get it out and uh, really bless people by it. So this has been Mornings with Pastor Adam, everybody. God bless you, and I'll talk to all of you tomorrow morning.